0: Welcome into Kingdom Keys, the official pregame podcast for the Kansas City Chiefs with Maurice Elston and Nate Christensen. I am Nick Schwer and fellas, for the last time in the 2023-24 season for Arrowhead Pride, we are getting ready for a Chiefs matchup. And I don't think any three of us at any point this season, maybe at some point, maybe week two, week three after you beat the Bears, we may have been entertaining this thought, but... We were kind of joking before we came on the podcast that even though in each of these individual matchups, Bills game, Ravens game, you gave the Chiefs a shot, it just didn't seem like they were going to be able to string three wins together in the postseason to get to this point. But here we are. So I guess we're playing with house money. We want to make a Vegas reference, getting ready for a Super Bowl rematch from a couple of years ago. How you fellas feeling?
1: Yeah, I, I certainly didn't think they would be here. I picked against them twice in a row. Um, yeah, <laughs> I remember. I, it, yeah, it, look, I didn't think, like, I said this two weeks ago. Um, I did, I thought, the more I thought about the Chiefs-Ravens game, I thought the Chiefs had a chance. I also picked the Ravens because I thought the Ravens were one of the best teams I'd ever seen. And I don't think I was wrong. I really don't. By all the statistics, by what I'd watched all year, that's what they were. And the Chiefs beat that team. Like It, it doesn't take anything away from Baltimore. I don't think Baltimore should be feel wrong for how they were. The Chiefs just went in and beat that team. It was one of the most impressive wins I've ever seen. Um, from a Chiefs team for any team, frankly. I, I really like I was thinking about this like in the last 10 years, I think it's one of the best wins I can really remember. Um, unfortunately, one other one I thought it was with the Patriots at the Chiefs when uh the D Ford hmm. game. But um really it's just you had us there to, until the D Yeah, I know. Returns. My bad. But no, it just speaks to the resilience of this team. It speaks to how special this defense is, which I probably just didn't give enough credit for, even in the regular season. Um, I, obviously, I knew the defense was very good. I think everybody knew that, but I didn't realize it was going to be like a like historic level defense that it's been. And uh, I'll own that. I did not think the Chiefs would be here, but I'm not going to complain about it, certainly. And um, we'll, we'll see if I predict against them again this week. You'll have to
2: stay tuned for that. Oh, Maurice... You know, I I, I think I, I I kept some level of optimism throughout the whole season. You know, it started wavering really towards the end. But I even got a tweet that I, I that I cannot wait that if the Chiefs win, I'm going to repost it. Cause after we I think the loss to the Raiders and that's when everybody started to jump ship. And I literally treated Clued out. I, I yeah, <laughs> I had quit. I had <laughs> tweeted out. I cannot wait to see the Chiefs win the Super Bowl this year. And I and I, when I say I got drug in my comments, so I I am waiting for my day of redemption with that. But if I'm still being honest, I am still in, 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 in a state of shock a little bit. Because while I had the optimism, just what you were seeing coming down to the end of the season for the Kansas City Chiefs, it gave you every reason to doubt them. Um, you've seen signs. The, the biggest thing I always said was like, they're when they're looking bad and getting beat, they're shooting themselves in the foot. It was never like somebody was just beating them or that, you know, somebody was causing them to look bad. It was just all the Kansas City Chiefs shooting themselves in the foot. And I was like, if they can figure out a way to not shoot themselves in the foot, they can beat anybody. And I think that's just what we've seen against Miami, against um, Buffalo and against the Ravens is that, even though things didn't really turn around and look like the dynamic offense that we've seen prior in prior years, they simply stopped shooting themselves in the foot with penalties and turnovers. And the defense has been what the defense has been all year long.
0: You know, we like, we like the storylines and the stuff that comes out after a Super Bowl about a conversation, a turning point, something that everybody can kind of look at and say, that was when everything changed for this team. And you kind of just talked about it there, the, The self-inflicted mistakes, the penalties, the drop passes that plagued this team throughout the season, haven't seen as much of it in the postseason, but yet the one constant that Nate kind of talked about is that we spent so much time trying to fix this offense and trying to figure out what was wrong with the offense that the defense and the season that they had kind of became like a footnote, right? where it's like, well, the defense is still playing good. It was never the thing, though. It was never the headline like, hey, this is a a damn good defense. This is a top five defense, a top two defense. And yet here we are you know, a couple of days before the Super Bowl. And I feel like if we're going to come up with the storyline for the season, it was a role reversal where the longest time it was, hey, you got Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey. You have an elite offense. The defense just has to be good enough. And now it's you have this elite defense and an offense led by Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. It just yeah. needs to be good enough to pick the defense up. And, and that's exactly what happened in that Ravens game.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to regret anything I said about the offense all season because it's all true. They were bad on offense all season. Jeez. And even in the playoffs, they were great against the Bills. They had two drives against the Ravens and then they did nothing else. Like, it, we weren't wrong. Like, I hope if the Chiefs win this game, we're not going to be like, oh, the offense is actually fine all season. They just, No, it was bad. Like, all the players are frustrated. The coaches are very frustrated. But, like you mentioned, because this defense is so good, they were able to just overcome that. And, like I mentioned earlier, I thought the Chiefs defense was elite. I didn't think they were historically elite. And that's where I didn't give them enough credit. Um, I, I thought that in the playoffs against better quarterbacks, they just wouldn't be able to do quite as much to carry the offense, but they're able to do it. And, it, like, the story of this team is not the offense. When I remember – when I think of this team 5, 10, 15 years from now, I won't remember much about this offense. I don't I don't have a lot of happy memories of the offense this year. But the defense – like, this is the best defense I've ever seen in a Chiefs team ever, and I've seen some pretty decent Chiefs defenses. Um, Statistically, they're up there, too. So, it just speaks to what really is a special unit. And, you know, every year, like, the, if the Chiefs – again, if the Chiefs win, they always write, like, the books. Like, the – you know, I think Pete Sweeney wrote it last year, right? Um, about like the story yeah. of the team. There shouldn't be much about the offense. Like, it really should just be about this defense and how they were able to just swarm everybody all year and counter every problem and every quarterback and every scheme. It it really is just a special, special unit that I'll I'll, I'll remember very fondly for a long time.
0: All right, let's get into this matchup. It is a rematch between the Chiefs and the Niners from Super Bowl fifty four. We all know how that one ended in favor of the Chiefs. The first of two Super Bowls with Andy Reid. And Patrick Mahomes, yet in this one, Kansas City, despite their history and success in the postseason, is an underdog. We'll get into that in a bit. But first, uh, it's a weird week, Super Bowl week. So the injury report, we're recording this on a Wednesday. The injury report isn't official as of the time of this recording. But Maurice, what can you tell us generally about the injury status for some key players on both sides?
2: So for some key players on, on both sides, of course, we heard the news about the um the, the ACL injury to a minute who he got moved to um IR today and the Chiefs activated wide receiver Scott Moore who's been on IR probably missed the last all the playoff games and probably three games prior to that of uh, the end of regular season. So he's activated um as far as everything else we know Willie Gay missed last game was going to try to give it the go but um his neck stiffened up in, in the morning time um Per uh, interview with him yesterday, um, reports came out saying that he said he was feeling really good. I think that week off probably um, gave it enough time to really get some work in there to get that loosened up for him. Uh, Head coach Andy Reid said there's going to be a long shot for Joe Tooney to go. Said it boils down to Joe Tooney's strength. So I think it's not necessarily a pain thing, but does he have enough strength in that arm to protect itself? But it sounded like a long shot. The Practice window for Jared McKinnon was open, but Andy Reid said he's not yet practicing, so that looks a little slim for him to be available for the game. Um, and then, of course, you know the whole Kadarius Tony blow up that happened, and you know the reports that came out. He hasn't seen the injury, um, the injury report this week per Andy Reid, um, but he is practicing. But Andy Reid kind of said he'll we'll see if he dresses, which leads me to believe it's still a long shot that he's on the active ro- roster for Sunday. far as the 49 go. Um, I think you still got to keep an eye a little bit on Debo. Yeah, but I, I would think that, that week's rest, when I'm playing the, the, the NFC Championship, I think that week's rest will still have him going on, on, on Sunday. So Joe Tooney didn't play
0: in the AFC Championship game. Nate, you mentioned the Chiefs really had two good offensive drives, and that was all they really needed to win that game. But those two drives, the first two drives of the game, took up 15 minutes. So basically a full quarter and two drives, and that was kind of the story is, Hitting the Ravens behind, and then it became became a a game of them playing behind the eight ball. Nick Allegretti fills in, did a serviceable job. When you look at the production, though, when you look at how the Chiefs manufactured points on those drives, they did it on the ground, Isaiah Pacheco. That was against, I I believe Nate called them one of the best defenses he's ever seen, or did you go all the way to say it is the best defense? Either way,
1: Uh, They were up there. It's hard to beat Seattle. It's hard to beat the Seattle
0: team. Yeah. Like this Niners defense isn't that Ravens defense, but Mm -hmm. they don't lack in star power, especially up front. So if Tooney isn't able to go and it's Nick Allegretti in again at left guard, do you have more confidence than you did heading into the AFC championship game based off what they did against the Ravens?
1: Actually, I think it's easier for the Chiefs not to have Joe Tooney this week because what the Ravens do is a lot of like different stunts and blitzes and different pressures. So for like a guy who doesn't play a lot like Grady, versus a super smart player like Joe Tooney, you're always worried about like a communication breakdown. And there actually were a couple in that game. Luckily for the Chiefs, the 49ers are pretty much just a rush four team. They always kind of just rush the same four, especially since they have like four um, very good defensive linemen. So the Chiefs can just slide Creed Humphrey to, like, Allegretti's side, and that kind of cures the problem. They don't really have to worry too much about blitzes or anything like that. And honestly, like, Justin Matabike for the Ravens is better than any uh, interior defense alignment the 49ers yeah. have. And um, I, I, I've mentioned this to a couple before. I'm just, like, I'm at the point with this offensive line, and especially the interior, but even sometimes the tackles, like, when they face a team that's just, like, very good at pass rush, I'm just not that worried anymore. Like they've done this so many times. They did this last year against the 49ers and the Eagles in the Super Bowl famously. They always did for the Bills. They like uh the Ravens got some decent pressure in the uh second half of that game, but the Ravens had 60 sacks in the season and like it wasn't that bad uh this two weeks ago. So I'm just kind of at the point where like obviously Joe Tooney's a valuable player and you wish he was out there, but like it just doesn't like affect my mindset of the game very much anymore.
2: Yeah, and I'm kind of in the same thing. I think Nate alluded to it last week of um definitely when it comes to the run blocking that, you know, Allegretti is, is is a little bit superior probably to Joe Tooney when it comes to that, which in turn is kind of the reason we might've seen Pacheco have a, you know, have a decent, well, not really a decent game. They kept using them and it kept it, it kept it effective. Which I think though with Allegretti run the ball, let them, let them, let them do what he, I think you get a really strong interior with Allegretti Creed and Trey Smith in run blocking. So when it comes to that, so I think they'll be fine. I think that, Baltimore presented more of a problem from a pass rush standpoint than what the 49ers do. So I really, you know, you would love to see Joe Tooney in there, of course, healthy, but I think if it presents any type of longer term risk with him playing, it's not worth it. I think we're, Alec is more than serviceable to to, to get the win for the Chiefs. All right, guys, for the final time this
0: season, let's give our kingdom keys for a Chiefs victory. Maurice, why don't you start us off?
2: So I think my key to a victory is kind of twofold here. It, It goes with, the Chiefs being able to take advantage, like like Nate said, the Niners have a, a strong front four. They have a strong front front four. And then with uh Greenlaw and Fred Warner and linebackers, their linebackers is, is a solid linebacking group. So that front, that front seven, you know, that front six and seven is a really solid group. But I don't really feel like their secondary is that strong. Um, we all know Travarius Ward used to play for the Kansas City Chiefs, then signed with them when he was a free agent. He's serviceable. I still don't think he's the shutdown corner. I don't think he he is that. I feel like, you know, definitely with him playing here for the years that he played, Andy Reid and the offensive coordinators and all of that definitely know how to scheme against him, know where his weaknesses is, know how to get him in a bad position. So um, he's better against like the bigger the bigger wide receivers and the Chiefs really don't have that getting put out there for him to have to be able to use his length and stuff like that. I think. Rashad um, Rashad Rash- 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 Rashir- Rashid Rice can definitely you know have his way with against Ward right so I think that the Chiefs attacking that secondary run the ball because you got to keep them honest right and Pacheco and in the offensive line that seem to to be able to find holes and, and, and do what is needed in that but I feel like attacking the secondary and somehow turning that into second half touchdowns start fast like they've been doing but turning that into second-half touchdowns. They have to find a way to score in the second. I don't think they can go scoreless like they did against the Ravens in the second half and win this game on Sunday. So I think the key is going to be finding ways to attack the the, the secondary of the 49ers and letting that turn into some second-half points for the Kansas City Chiefs, and I think that will be a good key to, um, to them walking out with another Lombardi trophy. See, that's kind of scary,
0: Maurice, because when you talk about putting points on the board, finishing in the red zone – that's been a, a talking point that we haven't really touched on or needed to touch on during the postseason because we haven't had to focus on the negatives. But that's a little scary when it's, I mean, I get it. It's the Super Bowl. Stakes are high. You have to be at your best. But we haven't really seen this offense do that consistently all season long.
2: Yeah, it's been, you, <laughs> I, I like, it's hard to even find the words to say for it because it's the truth. Like, red zone offense has been a problem, turnovers in the red zone, penalties in the red zone. But I really feel like um, definitely the second half, I think they put up 10 points in the second half against the Dolphins and 14 points in the second half against the Buffalo Bills. If they can find that and and, and get there, I don't, I don't think the Chiefs win this game with 17 points. I think it's going to take a little bit more to win this game just because the type of offense that they're facing on the other side of the field. But I think if they can just find a way to execute, and I, honestly, even in the second half, if that can turn into – two or three field goals and you know down there just to keep adding on to to a, if we're able to jump out to a good lead is it's going to be you know beneficial. Nate, what about you? What's your key this week? Yeah, so like, a lot of the discussion
1: will be about the 49ers offense versus the Chiefs defense cuz that's definitely the premier like side of the ball in this game. That's going to be an awesome matchup. And the 49ers offense is just uh it's amazing. I mean, I think that uh this is one of the best skill position like groups I've ever seen. When you combine uh, Kittle, Debo, Brandon, IU, Christian McCaffrey, like they just have so much talent on the perimeter, and they have a a schemer in Kyle Shanahan who just finds so many different ways to get the ball. They put you in so many conflicts, so many problems. But I think the thing when I was kind of thinking about this matchup is like the obvious thing. Like you got to talk about like Brock Purdy. So like I could talk about Brock Purdy for forever because I'm I find the discourse on him kind of crazy. But, like, there are, like, Purdy has played well this year. He's operated the offense well. And he definitely adds a level of, like, out of structure that Jimmy Garoppolo never had. I would say he's definitely better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, I, I would definitely say that. But I think what the Chiefs need to do this game is actually fairly similar to what the Baltimore Ravens did, which is, like, the, Brock Purdy is very, like, turnover heavy. Like, he does turn, the, like, he turns the ball over not a ton, but this is according to PFF and I have here. Like, Brock Purdy is, like, fifth in turnover-worthy play rate. And like under pressure, he's fourth in turnover uh, worthy plays, seventh in rate and percentage. Uh, I meant to say he's eighth in turnover worthy rate play percentage, fifth in total plays. Brock Purdy puts the ball in conflict, and there's a lot of different reasons for that. One, he's not very physically dominant. He's under six foot one. He's barely over two hundred pounds. His arm strength is, I would say, below average to poor, honestly, for like most NFL quarterbacks. And he's a he's a gunslinger. Like I think people think of Brock Purdy as this like alex smith game manager type of quarterback that's not who he is like actually my comparison for him is he's like a little bit like baker mayfield but with more mobility and less arm talent where like he thrives under chaos and he thrives like under different spots and that's worked for the 49ers because they have so many good like schemed up plays because of their weapons that like they just need a little bit of like sprinkling of purdy's kind of scrambling ability but i think this chiefs defense could take advantage of that like the ravens did The Ravens had four interceptions on Brock Purdy before he basically got benched in the fourth quarter. And if you look at other games that they played really good defenses, like the Vikings, Purdy was kind of a disaster with like turnovers and Cleveland. He only had one interception, but I remember watching that game. There was like multiple plays where he could have turned the ball over. And if you've watched the playoffs, Brock Purdy puts the ball in conflict a lot, even against the Packers and Lions defenses uh, who are not very good. The chiefs defense is much better. And I know it's kind of a thing that they haven't forced a ton of turnovers this year. But I think they're going to be able to do that this week. And I think that's a key for them. Like the 49ers offense will have successful plays. They just have, they have a lot of skill talent. They have two weeks to scheme up. They have a great play caller. If you remember the Super Bowl uh, against the 49ers the first time, like the 49ers moved the ball well, but what did the Chiefs get? They had like opportunistic plays with Chris Jones batted passes. They had turn like the turnovers from Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, he threw one over Rashad Breeland and then he threw one at the end of the game to Kendall Fuller. That's what the Chiefs kind of need to do again this game. Like, if they can get pressure on Brock Purdy, if they can kind of um, throw off his, like, internal timing, get him to play a little more in chaos, I think this Chiefs defense has enough talent and enough speed that they can kind of take advantage of these turnover opportunities and flip possessions. And if you're able to do that, like, you can put the 49ers in their worst position, which is putting Brock Purdy in a drop-back game against this defense in this secondary. That's the goal. So, for me, win the possession battle, force the turnovers, get the 49ers behind, take away some of the runs. And then like this chief's defense, I think can absolutely feast, but it is about making sure that you can get those negative plays and take advantage of those. When Purdy does put the ball in conflict.
0: So I'm actually going to just jump right into my key, Nate, because I think it's something tied to what you're talking about there, with Brock Purdy and the tendency to turn the ball over, maybe more than has been discussed this season. And like, I'm not going to overthink this too much. You're right. Like they have the, the best collection of skill players I've probably ever seen. But aside from Patrick Mahomes, Christian McCaffrey is going to be the second best player on the field. And I get it. Running backs don't matter. That You want to talk about a discourse I'm tired of, Nate? Like the Brock Purdy discourse? I'm tired of the running back discourse. And Christian McCaffrey, I think, has quelled He's that. He's one of the but rare the ones that
1: really matters. Like really, really changes like things.
0: And it's not just him. I mean, he is an incredible talent, but it's the pairing of him with Kyle Shanahan, who, as you just talked about, is one of the best schemers that we've seen in the last 10 to 15 years in the NFL. And that pairing has turned him into a legitimate game changer from the running back position. And I'm not going to say the key to achieve victory is stopping Christian McCaffrey because you're not gonna he's gonna have 120 yards from scrimmage he'll probably have one or two touchdowns that's fine but it's more about the pace of the game and how he can impact that I think the biggest difference between Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo when the deeps played the Niners a couple years ago in the Super Bowl is that Kyle Shanahan trusts Brock Purdy to make some throws that he knew Jimmy Garoppolo just couldn't make and kind of like last week with the Chiefs where if you think back like the biggest plays on offense there's really only a couple right the two throw the touchdown to Kelsey the diving catch by Kelsey and then the last play of the game effectively the throw to MVS and i don't want that to be how the chiefs lose to the 49ers where Brock Purdy only has to make three or four big plays because Christian McCaffrey is picking up 6 to 7 yards per carrier 6 to 7 yards per touch and getting them in advantageous spots in third down. If the Chiefs are going to lose to the Niners, I want it to be because Brock Purdy silenced every critic, right? He goes out there and wins the game. Because if you're telling me that's how the Niners win, then I'll say, okay, well, shoot. I guess we got to start giving this guy a little bit more respect. But I don't want this game to be won because Christian McCaffrey is gashing you up the middle on first and second down, and all Purdy has to do is dink and dunk it off to Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle and Debo Samuel who are going to turn up field. I mean, this is the best Yak team that we've probably ever seen. Like Brock Purdy's good. I'll give him that. Brock Purdy is a good quarterback, but he is assisted by having these monsters with yards after the catch. Christian McCaffrey is among those monsters. He's going to get his. I get it, but I don't want him to be the reason that the Chiefs lost because I think the the return of Willie Gay, like him, kind of shrugging off any idea that he wasn't going to play, it's going to be huge. It's a huge game for Willie Gay. It's a huge game for Nick Bolton. It's a huge game for all those guys up front, and not letting a seven yard run turn into a nineteen yard run or a forty two yard touchdown, like kind of like what Jamison Williams did against the Niners last week. Like you have to him at the point of attack and not let them rack up those yak yards because that is what the Niners do. It's what they want to do. I don't think there are any surprises there as to what they're going to try to do with Christian McCaffrey. It's all going to be about execution. This team has shown that they can execute it and they have passed every single test that has been thrown their way. Just look at last week, what they did against Lamar Jackson. I want to see Brock Purdy be put into those positions that you talked about, Nate. I want him to be in Many positions where it's, let's find out, let's find out if you're that dude or not, because we're not going to let all the other dudes do all the heavy lifting and you only have to make two or three big plays.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think this is going to be uh, a huge Drew Tranquil game. I, I, I think his coverage against running backs and, and his mobility, him and Willie Gay, I think their athleticism and speed at the linebacker position is going to be huge this game. And to – in, in containing McCaffrey and being able to do that, and 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 maybe you know Shamari Connor, you know coming in and be able to cover, you know, add an extra cover guy out there. I think you know those type of guys that can help do that. And if you put, I'm I'm with you both. Let's let's put Brock Purdy in the position where he has to win this game, and let's see what he does. And if they can win it on the back of him; they have earned it. Yeah, no, for sure.
1: And the thing about um, McCaffrey is it's not just like the running ability. It's also like where he aligns, Mm -hmm. um, how he does that at the backfield. Like I mentioned earlier, he's one of like the few running backs that like truly is like a game changing running back um, that we have anymore because it's also like the versatility. Like you can put him in the slot. You can put him in motion. You can give him the ball in different ways. But I'm kind of going to reference that Ravens game again. Like Christian McCaffrey got yards against the Ravens. Like he looked really good. Like the 49ers kind of got early success running the football. But again, it was like it's about that game script, right? Take him out of that. Like I guarantee you, Kyle Shanahan, and I shouldn't say I guarantee. I would bet that Kyle Shanahan's game plan this week has a lot of Debo Samuel and a lot of Christian McCaffrey plays. I think if I remember right, the Super Bowl when they played 2018, like there was a lot of Raheem Mostert runs. Debo Samuel, I think, got multiple carries. Like they, I think they're gonna do everything they can to be like, all right, the Chiefs, this is a defense that has if their one major weakness, if you want to say, is that they're not a great run defense. I think it's overblown. Kyle Shannon's gonna test it. He's not gonna go in this game just dropping back all the time if he doesn't need to. So the Chiefs are gonna to have to prove that they have um they're ready for all the different alignments and motions and stuff like that. And then they're just gonna to have to stop the run enough to where they can get the 49ers out of it.
0: All right, guys, it's time for game predictions. Let's find out which way Nate is going. I'm honestly surprised by this line, Chiefs plus two. Um, I think a lot of people, like if if you would have told me a month ago that the Chiefs and the Niners were going to be facing in the Super Bowl, I'd say, well, Niners by six, maybe. But based off what we've seen in the postseason, I'm honestly surprised this isn't closer to a pick'em. Nonetheless. I think I just maybe gave a hint as to which way I'm going. Nate, why don't you start us off, man?
1: So I famously picked against the Chiefs twice in a row. Um, I own it. I was wrong. This feels like a bad omen, but I think the Chiefs are going to win big this week. I, I, this feels like a bad omen since you picked against them twice, and now I'm picking the Chiefs. But I think this Chiefs forty-nine. I think this matchup for the Chiefs is actually like really nice. Um, and I'll go, kind of dive into it. one. I think Andy Reid with two weeks for Steve Wilkes' defense. He's going, I think the Chiefs are gonna look the best they've had like all off on offense all season. I don't like we've seen the Chiefs have success against these 49er defenses, including last year. That's with Demico Ryans. The Demico Ryan's is a great defensive coordinator. Steve Wilkes is not like I'm not saying he's bad, but he has not replicated the results that Demico Ryans has. Their pass rush is nowhere as fearsome. This it's still good, but they're not quite as good as they were in previous years. I think the Chiefs are gonna score a lot of points. I think Andy Reid's gonna come up with a great plan. I think they're gonna run the football well. And like I mentioned, like I think the 49ers will have successful plays on offense, but I don't think they're gonna like, I think Brock Purdy's gonna turn the ball over early and often. Brock Purdy's not looked that good this postseason, frankly. Like it has not been a great postseason performance, and this is the best defense he's ever faced. This is a team with a ton of Super Bowl experience. I have no doubt the Chiefs like I don't think the Chiefs are gonna be nervous at all. They, this is basically the exact same team as last year. I don't I don't expect them to be nervous at all. So I think the Chiefs will force turnovers and I think they'll capitalize. I think they get the 49ers in a super pass-heavy script. And I think against this secondary, against our pass rush, I don't think that's a good formula for success for the 49ers at all. So final score, I'm going to go 34-17 Chiefs. Uh, I Again, like I said, I feel like it's a bad omen since I picked against them twice. But ultimately, like at the time, I thought the Bills and Ravens are going to beat the Chiefs, and I wasn't going to lie about it. And I'm not lying about this. I think the Chiefs are – this is a great matchup. I think The Chiefs are going to come out and really just – I think this is a matchup that they're going to win, and I think they're going to win convincingly. I really do.
0: Okay, I like. I wasn't expecting that. I'll be honest. I hope this is not the Nick Christensen kiss of death ahead of the Chiefs' chance to win. Yeah, if it's win. bad, I, it you turns, won't see me ever again. That'll <laughs> be a long off season for you, pal. All right, Maurice. How about you? How are you feeling?
2: If the Chiefs lose, it is nice fall. I, I'll I know, take it. I'm I'll take it, it <laughs> at that point. I won't even complain. I'll I'll, I'll take all of it. But. I'm not mad at him because I'm almost in the same exact boat that he is. I think this is a, a favorable matchup for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I, I really do. Um, I was um, – I won't say afraid, but I was a little bit more worried if we would have to come up against Detroit um, in the Super Bowl. Um, but I, I think the last time the, – the last few times the Chiefs have played the San Francisco 49ers, they haven't struggled to do almost anything against them. Um, and that's when the 49ers had a better defense, in my opinion, kind of like what Nate said. I, I really don't think the Chiefs are gonna have a problem moving the ball. It seems like against Miami, against Buffalo and the Ravens early on, that the offense has figured out some things, right? Um, it's settled in. Um Travis Kelsey is looking like Travis Kelsey of last, you know, of the previous season. Like if he felt like he just waited for the postseason to 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 open up and find the fountain of youth. I think he um I think he still gets his, right. Rasheed Rice, I think I think the Chiefs have just found something on offense and balance it out with Isaiah Pacheco. I don't think you get Patrick Mahomes here with another chance to win back-to-back Super Bowls that he kind of let slip through his fingers because of a decimated offensive line the first time. I don't think you get him here and he loses this game. Um, I, I just really don't. And I just feel like the defense has been what they've been all season. It doesn't fall apart. On Sunday, I actually think it rises up to, to, to another level. On Sunday, mm-hmm. and we're going to see the best of the Chiefs' defense, the best of Chris Jones. I think Trent McDuffie will get his first ever interception in the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> I think that it's crazy, all pro cornerback, right? Never had an interception, it's, it's it, 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 it is insane. It's some That's of them, the being right in his <laughs> yeah, some of them have been right in his hands, but like we can get him to catch it. But I think this is going to be the, 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 the week that he has it. I want to go twenty-eight-seventeen. I think twenty-eight seventeen Chiefs um double digit win. Um, I think it starts off maybe a little close, but at some point late second quarters, um, third, early third, Chiefs just start the coast a little bit.
0: Okay, so you know, I remember last year getting ready for that Super Bowl against the Eagles, and I was nervous because the Eagles were a team that checked every single box, right? They had all of these studs on defense. They had uh, an MVP candidate at quarterback. They had a litany of weapons. I didn't know if the Chiefs were going to be able to stack up. And at the same time, it was because, hey, the offense is good, but are they that good? The defense is good. Are they that good? And we know how that game went. Uh, this game, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, where my, my level of confidence in the Chiefs almost makes me nervous. Like, what am I missing? what like what's wrong with me that I'm going into this this game against a team that has looked like one of the best teams in the NFL all season long and I'm like supremely confident that the Chiefs who have been plagued by miscues all season are going to win this game comfortably Uh, I think Isaiah Pacheco is the guy who like if I'm making prop bet, I'm all over that dude he's looked so great in the playoffs and I think it's a great matchup with what the Niners do defensively like I think this guy is going to feast. I really do. And I don't think the Chiefs like overcomplicate things. And that's, that's been kind of a theme of this postseason is, mm. okay, this is who we are. Let's be the best version of this. I think a lot during the regular season, it was, hey, let's, let's build on this. What can we get out of this guy? What can we get out of that guy offensively? And I think the postseason, it's, no more tinkering, no more experimenting. These are the guys we trust. These are the guys who are going to play. And we've seen a lot more reliance on that core three offensively of She-Rice, Travis Kelsey, Isaiah Pacheco. I think defensively, like you mentioned, Nate, great matchup. It's going to come down to Brock Purdy. Like, are you going to make enough big plays against this defense? Maybe the best defense you've faced all season long. And I'm so excited to see what Spags has drawn up for him. with The exotic blitz packages and... Kind of confusing him with guys coming from the secondary, like whether it's Justin Reed or Trent McDuffie, Legereus Need, like somebody's going to have a big sack. One of those guys is going to have a big play in a crucial moment that I think we're going to look back on, much like we look back on the Nick Bolton pick six from last year. So I'm going to go Chiefs. I don't know if this is as comfortable as you guys, but I'm going to go 24 to 17. I think 24 would be a great outing from this offense. And a, de- a defense that just hasn't given up points to anybody all season long. 24 17 Chiefs win. This is bad, guys. We're all predicting comfortable wins for the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Like, I like the vibes on one hand, but it, it makes me a little nervous. Everyone can just blame
1: me. I, I'll take it all. Uh, I won't see it. I'll, I'll stay offline. <laughs> I'll, I'll go like into a mountain or something. Uh, until yeah. next year, but um, everyone can blame me. And I, I, I tweeted I, I out right now
2: at the Chiefs, <laughs> it is Nate's fault.
0: <laughs> okay. So we're all in agreement. Hashtag blame Nate. He keeps blame on Nate. a darkness <laughs> retreat this off season. I might uh, need one at that re- point. Yeah. Rethink how he's going to attack next season. Fellas, it's been fun. I am so happy that we got to do this many episodes. I didn't think we'd get to this point. Uh, It's been a blast doing the show with you guys this year. Thanks to everybody for listening. Hopefully, uh, the powers that be at AP will bring us back for another season next year. So enjoy the Super Bowl. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premiere. Arrowhead Pride Premier is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after after each game to unpack exactly what happened. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride premiere today at arrowheadpride.com subscribe.